0: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 374, going to talk some fancy baseball with well, the first timer on the show, about time he's on the show, and this is my fault, not his, but, but uh, it's about time we get him on the show, he's the good doctor, you can find him on Twitter, at MDRC0508, he's got written content at rotofanatic.com, fan tracks, SP streamer, and probably much, much more, as he's a busy, busy man, and he's always on the Twitter streets, having a good time, Mike Carter, how we doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing great, Bob. It is a pleasure for me to be able to be here with you. I've been uh, listening to you for a really long time and to be able to get on the show with you is like kind of a dream come true for me. So I appreciate you having me on tonight. Thanks.
0: I appreciate the kind words. But like we said before, like I said before the show, you do awesome content and people do awesome content. I want to talk with them. So uh, I'm looking forward to chatting it up before we get into some of the topics we have written down. I, I mentioned where you can be found. Let everybody know what you have going on where you're found. (laughs)
1: <laughs> what don't i have going on is a better <laughs> question right now yep. um I, I work primarily at at roto fanatic and doing the closing remarks uh article that comes out on sundays i'm also working at Fantrax covering their two-star pitchers which i'm learning on the fly about which is uh is hard work um and it, it It takes a lot of time to be able to get that done right and then i'm uh, also working at sp streamer again for michael Simeone um covering some guys that you might be able to get on the waiver wire that are owned in less than 20 percent of online champions league so i do that on sundays as well um feedback has been really good on those things it's a lot of fun i'm just really excited that i get to be able to do it um and it takes a lot of time to do it but it's a labor of love as we all know who, who are going through those things you know so it's a blast
0: yeah, no doubt about it. The, the work we do, its some people can read it in a couple minutes, it took us way more than that, but it's because we enjoy doing it and uh, I, I like, I know a lot of people, that you, all the sites you work at, but like Simeon, we talked about earlier, I consider him like a good friend of, of the community. I've had him on a handful of times. I've been on his show a handful of times and I love the additions he started to make this year by branching out to different written content from different things by yourself or cheesecakes on there doing catcher streamers and so many other things. It's it 's really cool to see how he 's slowly growing that brand and uh, now he 's going to twitch and stuff, so that 's one of the next sites like there 's a bunch of sites out there, and that 's one of the ones I kind of see eventually taking off once he continues to do what he 's doing so that 's a good one to be a part of right there and i and honestly, I do look at your fantrax article regularly on it, i don 't it, it comes across my timeline because people retweet you have, they have the fan retweet thread, and I know about this one so it, it uh, somehow throughout the weekend it 'll pop up on my timeline many times. And I always check it out because, man, in this world of pitchers, 2 start pitchers, you avoid the gombers, you don't avoid the gombers, all the fun stuff, but it's fun to see. And you break it down in a very simple way. And That's one thing I like about what you do. And other, other people do it, too. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes too much analysis is too much. And you want to keep it simple. And that's one of the things I do. But, hey. I love what you do because you you just like, these are the, the starters. These are the kind of starters. these are the, I know you have different phrases for them, but uh, it makes it very cut and dry and easy to understand. And that's what I appreciate. so
1: Oh, I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for that, man. I, it means a lot coming from you. And I tried to come up with a way to do that. I have to give a shout out to Dave Swan for that because mm-hmm. he, was, he helped me get in at Fantrax and he was kind of recruiting me and said that they had a spot there to do that and then forewarned me that it was really hard to get those right. Uh, and and the people that read it, they let you know if you don't have it uh, right, um, as we've talked about offline before, right? So yeah. um, it's been really an interesting thing to do, but it is uh, definitely an interesting thing to be able to look at and try to figure out, you know, w- w- with rainouts, who's getting pushed back and who's not. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. But Dave was the one who said, make it more interesting, you know, and uh, I made it to do the top shelf and the middle shelf as if you were at the liquor store trying to figure out. Uh, what you have budgeted for that week and Perfect. just kind of do it that way it's been fun
0: I like it yeah and, and Dave's a great guy Dave's been on the show before and I worked with him a little bit at Rotoballer he's a good dude really really good dude so yeah you got you got a good thing going there I keep it the two-star pitchers is well predicting anything's tough in baseball I guess the thing we talk about is analysts it's you almost want to be like the weather man can I be right like 40 percent of the time because <laughs> I think I'd be pretty darn good that way right We're relying on using stats and hoping the guys continue stats. So it's it's like it's a tough formula to say the least. That's so. for sure. Um let's get into some recent news as usual. It stinks cuz most of the recent news is always injury related, but that's the world we live in nowadays. And we'll start with Jordan Alvarez. Uh, the guy was piping hot for a while there, kind of cooled down, and now he he's uh, out with with a wrist injury. And kind of makes sense why he might have slowed down a little bit. I wonder how long he's had this wrist injury. Um, what's your level of concern here? Because I'm, I'm worried when any power hitter gets a wrist injury, but it's like the Astros are kind of playing it quiet right now. And they've done this a lot with Jordan. So what's your thoughts here?
1: Yeah, uh, he's, he, he was pretty hot there for a while. He's three for his last 26. I think I read this morning. Uh, now the, the wrist injury thing coming up and, you know, dusty is not always the most forthcoming when it comes to. Uh, sharing the injury news that he has for any of his players on any of the teams that he's managed. It's very concerning. I mean, the guy's game is power um, mm-hmm. is right. So we have that, we have that situation with the wrist, and it's concerning to me. I, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't sound real promising. I mean, if, if that power gets sapped, what does he give you?
0: Yeah, not much of anything, unfortunately. Like he was hitting for an average there for a while, but it's like, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. I don't, I don't even know who they'd replace him with just yet. Maybe it's Letimus Diaz. He's getting run everywhere. Uh, maybe the call of some other players. But before we get on to the next bit, bit of news, Yancey Eaton's having some fun on the chat over here. We got to throw this one out here. I know what it stands for, but Yancey wants to know, does the P on Mike's hat stand for principal? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's my that's my day job and i'm off this week thank god i needed a week to kind of clear the mechanism but it is an old school pittsburgh pirates yep. uh hat that i got at pnc a few years ago i have um uh, a, a group of guys that i travel with every three or four years and we go to a different stadium and we went to pnc and i was blown away by it but so my thing is to buy a hat of whatever team i'm i'm their scene unless I go to Wrigley field. Cause I will never wear a Cubs fit okay. ever, ever. I cannot. And Cause I, you're a White Sox lo- fan, right? I'm a diehard White Sox fan, yeah, but that's that. not the exact reason why, but I could go into that some other time, but maybe offline would be a better way to tell that story. <laughs> but um, I got this hat there. I just, I, 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 it's, it fits my large melon. So that was one of the hey. reasons why I got it. So
0: finding a hat for the large melon. I relate. It's very, very <laughs> tricky. It's not the easiest of things. So I'm with you there. And, <laughs> um the guide trip thing that's a whole nother like podcast would be fun just to have a bunch of people on talking about guide trips because i do one for football season i prefer baseball that's my busy time of year as a teacher summer is your time of year so like it works out perfect for you i would much rather go to baseball stadiums i love football but just the whole point of getting with the guys doing things for a little bit and Oh, there's some great trips. Stories I can tell tell forever, pretty much. So yeah, absolutely. At least, at, least in cer- at least in certain crowds, you can tell forever. But, well, and it's uh, a little
1: easier when your kids get older too, Bubba. You know, my oh, kids yeah. are 14 and 10, so if I'm oh, gone definitely. for the weekend, they don't even notice.
0: <laughs> They're like, huh? Just leave leave a couple dollars on the counter or something. I'll be fine. Yeah,
1: leave the car keys, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Luke Voigt, This one's uh stings quite a bit because he missed start of the season with injury. Comes back. Hadn't really taken off yet. We were kind of hoping he would. But now he's got a grade two oblique strain, which is just terrifying. Um, Aaron Judge missed almost two months with this same injury in 2019. This is not good, Mike. Like, it's really, really bad. What's your thoughts on, um, on Luke Voigt? And in reality, like 15 teams, maybe not, but 12 teams, is he cuttable?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, here's the thing for me. And I, you know, I'm I'm more known as the bullpen guy, but I was never in Envoy to begin with this year. Anyway, I just thought that there was just too many things that could go wrong, and some of that's just gut, obviously, right? You don't look at the statistics and you say, "Wow, this guy's really he's really something," and the power is very legitimate and and extremely real for him. But now with this injury, you know, it, we're, we're at the end of May now. I mean, when does he come back? It, and in the best case scenario, is he back August first? Best case scenario, how much help is he going to give you? You know, and you you got You're gonna to have to get rid of him and get somebody in there that you can use, right? I mean, I don't know who, but um, I you know I didn't get him in any of the leagues that I'm in, and I've been pretty happy with Yuli Guriel so far, uh, playing first base and a lot of teams for me. Um, luck. I'd better. I'd I'd rather be lucky than good, right? But um, I, you know, I I think that he's cuttable for me for sure if I had him.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It stinks because. Like The talent's there, and last year in the shortened season, he kind of stayed healthy, but before that, we hadn't seen him stay healthy for a full season. Now it's just going to set him back some more. So, yeah, I think he's, he's cuttable as well. Um, you know, you look at roster resource, what the Yankees have done so far. They moved DJ the Mayhew to first base. Locks and Rugnino door at regular time at second base, which is interesting. There's also Mike Ford out there. So, depending on your league and needs, those could potentially be some ads. As there's injuries everywhere, so there's a lot of needs. So you got warm bodies, it's something to look at. And Mike Ford's kind of weird, like sneaky, not weird, wrong word, but he's got some good power. He does. He's just the average is kind of meh at times. So he kind of he could be like a Luke Voigt light maybe. Um especially in Yankee Stadium with a short portion right. So
1: well, you know what's going to end up happening is they're going to figure out a way to get Brett Gardner 25 at bats a week now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's already happening because Aaron Hicks is Aaron Hicks is now out for the year. So yeah, I insert, heard that. Insert Brett Gardner full time, most likely. Not Clint Frazier. We'll play Brett no. Gardner full time. So.
1: The guy has nine. The guy has nine lives, doesn't he?
0: Yep, it's crazy. Like we all joked about it uh, at the start of the season when they signed him, and it's like, okay, well, there goes Clint Frazier. Everyone's like, <laughs> no, no, no. Jar or Boone loves Clint Fraser. Well, here we are now. It's May 27th, and it's the Brett Gardner show, so <laughs> it's uh, it's clockwork in that situation. Unreal. Uh, we'll stick with the Yankees for a little bit longer here. The clue Bot coming off the no-no, pitched on uh, Tuesday, and he made it three innings, left the game with a muscle strain in his right shoulder. Um, he's going to be sidelined for at least two months, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a drop for me, Mike.
1: Absolutely. I I think they said, what, uh, one, he needs to, for every week that he sits, he needs another week to ramp up, so they come up with that eight-week number, which to me means, you know, when you're 35, uh, I wish I was 35, but when you're 35, it it doesn't sound promising that he's going to be able to make it back anytime soon. I think you got to move on.
0: So is this uh, time to buy back into a guy like Debbie Garcia or Jonathan, maybe Jonathan Loisega comes into the, the rotation for you? Would you be eyeing any of those type of guys?
1: Yeah, I would be absolutely. I mean, I think I think Garcia is a real sneaky ad, and uh, Joey La, Johnny Lasagna there, I think yep. is uh, you know he's really he's been really good in the bullpen, and and they've um, used him as a really nice weapon down there with Chad Green. So maybe they stretch him out and, and try to use him as a starter, or maybe they, you know, do the piggybacking thing and, and, and try it that way. But, you know, they've got, they've got some, uh, ability to be able to make that work for a while. Problem is, is that the Yankees just haven't had really anything, uh, with the, in the rotation besides Garrett Cole. No, nobody's really stepped up. Um, and I think that's going to be more of an issue for them. It looked like Kluber was finally starting to, uh, and looked more like himself. Uh, now he's hurt. So what are you going to do?
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough in that scenario. So I like the Devi uh ad if he's available in your league. Keep an eye because you mentioned Lasagna's been pitching really well out of the bullpen. Maybe they keep him there, because we've seen him up and down in the starting rotation. Maybe the bullpen's where he needs to be. So yeah, everybody every kind of pitcher is different. Maybe they go and give another one of their younger pitchers a chance. I know Severino's supposed to be back, I think, uh later June, early July. So it's kinda like can you just hold it off for a couple more spots through the rotation? We'll see what the Yankees do there, but Debbie should be back up there for sure.
1: Yeah, it uh, wouldn't for, surprise me if they made a move either. You know, they yeah, well, it definitely, was, it's been really quiet on the trade rumors front. Uh, it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they tried to lock somebody in as well.
0: Yeah, a starter and a first baseman like they got the tools to do it. So don't think they don't want to win the, the East again. Uh, Cincinnati Reds, Nick Senzel, like he was having a good year, still couldn't stay healthy. Now it gets even worse. He has knee surgery out four to six weeks. I'd probably put it on the six weeks side of that one. I don't know if he's droppable, but it's darn close, Mike.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't really have much use for him. I mean, what do you, with, with the level of injuries that all of us have and the number of guys that we have on our benches that are stashed, do you see yourself keeping a guy like Senzel and hoping for health? And then what are you going to get out of him when you get him back? So I, I just
0: run or anything because of the knee yeah
1: i mean and that's his game right i mean you're not yeah. drafting him because he's going to hit 30 home runs you're drafting him for hoping double digits and home runs and steals right which is probably not going to happen again this year so
0: yeah that makes it tricky it also locks back in uh jonathan india It against tyler naquin probably some much more regular at bats because that was kind of a platoon situation there um naquin probably dropped
1: in a lot of leagues yeah, he so probably he was. I I think he was dropped in a lot of leagues too. And another guy that I I, I find somewhat interesting there is Akiyama. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um you know, just because of the speed factor and everybody's looking for steals at this point of the game. Um I I think he's got a little bit more latent power than what he's shown obviously as well. I mean, he, he hit zero home runs last year, I think. So, uh but he could with an opportunity at the top of that lineup, he could score some runs too. So,
0: yeah, we saw him at times last year get his great OBP asset. Like mm-hmm. you mentioned, there's no homers, but he's getting on base and stealing a lot, especially like the last three ish weeks, maybe four weeks, so half the season. But um he was being very, very productive once it felt like he got comfortable, it seemed like, in the major leagues. So he could be an interesting one for sure. Cause I, I we've seen Naquin before. Like mm-hmm. I don't I, I'm ready for the other shoe to drop and he's back yeah. to Tyler Naquin. Like he's not gonna stay this hot forever, but we'll see. Anything's possible, people make changes. But uh, it, could, it could open the door for Akiyama, as you mentioned, quite easily. Uh, let's go to the Houston Astros, a team that's just got an embarrassment of riches right now. Yeah. Um, their rotation just gets deeper and deeper. It's now, Framber Valdez will be making a start on Friday against the Padres. Probably sit back and watch that start. Maybe not throw him in the lineup just yet, even though the Padres' offense is stumbling in a sure big, is. way. Yeah. So Framber's coming back on Friday. Jake Rizzi is supposed to be back in another within a week or so. You, uh, or I think maybe even Tuesday. Uh, no, um, Urquidy's back Tuesday, so that's right. one to keep an eye on. And then Lance McCullers goes on the I.O. with a weird shoulder injury, but it's just precautionary, which worries me. And yeah. Christian, Christian Javier goes to the bullpen. So there's a lot going on there, Mike. What are you doing with this Astro situation? Obviously, Framber's a must. You kind of roll with Urquidy, I guess, and Odorizzi's been not great, but the McCullers injury kind of concerns me.
1: Yeah, McCullough, You know, th- that's the thing. It's like you know, whenever anybody brings up Lance McCullough as an injury, it's never something simple, right? Like that's the that's the issue that he's been. He's a super effective when you have him and when he's available. But part of the game for us is a guy being available, right? So, um, a couple of leagues, I got him in a couple of NFBC leagues, and I'm gonna hold on to him for now, and uh, just until we get some news on that. But, um. You know, they do have an embarrassment of riches there in Houston, as you pointed out. Um, the other guy that nobody really talks about is Garcia. Garcia's yep. actually been really good, too. And so uh, they signed Odorizzi to the contract. So they're going to give him another shot in the rotation. But it would not surprise me to see him bomb out again and have one of the other guys come in and see Odorizzi used in a in a multi-inning role or a mop-up role, even for all the money they're paying him. Um You know, I I know Ryan Presley had a stiff neck the other night, but that doesn't seem to be a lingering injury because one of those guys might be able to step in and become interesting in a closer role if something were to happen to Presley. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I I was thinking like a Javier or a Garcia could be
0: quite interesting in the back end of that bullpen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen what they have, and sometimes they just can't do it more than one and a half times through the lineup, it feels like, but they've been really, really good at times. So they're they're the kind of guys that might be like, you know what? Go throw hard for twenty pitches. Go for it. Go see Exactly. What you
1: got. I um, mean, their their backup option is Brian Abreu, right? I mean, it's yeah. like you know that doesn't really let you know let you on fire, right? No, so um, you could you could see one of those guys stepping into a role like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. You mentioned a good a good part there about McCullers. It's like a lot of these guys we've said cut already because we know the timeline, we know the injury. It's like yeah, Kluber two plus months gone, like we know it. McCullers are saying precautionary. I'm always concerned when it's a shoulder thing, and he's been pitching really, really well. So my question is, and that's why we got to wait and see: is this a dodgeritis type thing? Now that they have an embarrassment of riches, it's like, hey, he missed last season with Tommy John. We wanted to limit his innings anyways. We got guys coming back. Let's just go put him over here for a little bit. And or is he really hurt? Like, so that's what I wanted to know. It, it, what the situation is here. So he's tough to drop, like you said, because if he comes back in 10 days, you're going to be kicking yourself for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold for a while and see, you know, um, at least a week or two, uh, and see what we, what we find out about that down there. Cause I think that's a great point, Bubba. I mean, I think with the guys that they have coming back. And the fact that that division's not really getting too far out in front of anybody, they got a little bit of time to burn because they're going to need him in September and October. Um, yep. Everybody's going to need arms by then, but he's one of the better guys around. I mean, let's face it, when he's healthy, um, he's lights out a lot of the time. So I, I could see it just being a precautionary thing and sitting him down for a week or 10 days and and then seeing where he's at again. you know. But if it, if it lingers and two weeks from now they're saying the same thing, then you got to really think about it because we don't, we don't have IL spots in NFPC. Right. So like you, you, you can't sit there with a guy that's hurt for too long. You know, I've learned the hard way on that one many, many years.
0: We all have, especially this year. Like we talked about it with many people. It's you look at your, your bench and it's like five out of the seven guys or whatever have suitcases by them and yep. not good. Like we're not going to Maui suitcases. This is, this is uh, <laughs> this is different. So um, yeah, it's just, it, it's a really tough deal. So yeah, it's tough. It's very tough. But see, like I, I've held Framer this whole time, and I'm rejoicing, like it's finally happening. But that's a start to the season to two month thing. Two months to four months thing is a little different now, because it's like you know what your problems are, and there's multiple injuries to figure out. So um, we'll wait and see with McCullers. Like, like that's why I just want to to nail that point: is don't drop him just yet. Wait and see what you got there, and keep an eye. Like Arquidi's been very serviceable. If someone dropped him, snipe him up because he's back next week. And then keep an eye on like the Javier's of the world, not maybe owning Javier just yet, but there's going to be a, a spot for him sooner or later. So, yeah, uh, and you he, could see a
1: situation, too, with with Valdez and Requiti, too, coming back where maybe they're not being able to pitch five or six right True. away either. Right. So maybe that's where Javier provides some value or, you know, uh, like you were saying, he might be able to hop in there and, and do some things.
0: Yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Let's go to Atlanta. Marcelo Zuna, not the best start of the season for Marcel, but we've seen that with him. And he kind of started to hit it as the temperature warmed up. He was slowly, slowly getting there, I guess. But he goes in. Um, They first thought he was hyperextended two fingers. It's like he fractured at least one, if not both. He's going to be out for probably a couple months, it looks like. They say, they're say they saying four to six weeks. I've also seen six to eight weeks. So let's say at least six. And um, it's going to be a while. Looks like Ender and Ciarte is a uh, slotted in to take his spot for now, or Guillermo Heredia. A, what are you doing with Ozuna? And B, are you interested in any of the outfield options in Atlanta?
1: <laughs> I've I've been on the Ender and Ciarte train before, and I'm not getting back on. I don't think. Um, no, I don't. None of those guys really interest me. I, you know. um mostly in in my situation, my outfielders have been mostly healthy knock on wood. And so I haven't had that type of issue with the war of attrition that a lot of people are are facing with that situation. Um, You know, Ozuna is a tough one for me because to be honest, I wasn't a huge. I felt like in the leagues that I play in his inconsistency is maddening to me. And I I just wasn't really in on him too much. Uh, That being said, you know, he's a 30-home he's a run bat when he's healthy. So uh, if you can stash him, I would. I, I, I wouldn't cut him yet. But um, if you can't, you know, it, it's another one of those tough decisions. I mean, it, who knows? If he comes back from that, he might still not be 100% healthy. And, again, power is his game if his hands aren't right. It's
0: a tough sell. Makes it very, very tricky. So a lot of these injuries we're seeing, like, with Jordan Alvarez, it's his wrist. With Void, it's his side. All these things that are so crucial for power. So it's like – if, you're, if it's going to take you X amount of time to get back and then probably to make sure you're healthy enough to actually show power, it's just deteriorating situations over and over again. Uh, before we go on real quick, I had a question in the chat here from Simon, a really awesome listener of the show. He said and it was about the Houston situation. Assuming they are all healthy in Houston, who is your starting five with the Astros?
1: Ooh, that's a good one, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Eileen, Granke, McCullers, Valdez, definitely the top three. I just—I'm not a notary believer. I'm really not. So I'd probably go Garcia, Javier, but I don't know. It's tricky.
1: Yeah, I—I I, I like that. I—I I think I might put in Urquidy for Garcia just because Garcia's been good, and I own him in a number of different places. But I—I I don't know how long it's going to last. You know. Oh, wait, I feel did like... I leave,
0: did I leave Urquidy out? Yeah, I'd have Urquidy. Yeah. Over, I'm with you there. I'd have—I've yeah. had him in for sure. Yeah. I'm a bigger Kitty fan. I think there's a lot to like there
1: with him. Well, you so, should be. I think he's a really good player.
0: Yeah. So um so let's go back to that. It'll be Granke, McCullers, Framber, Urkey, and I'm gonna say Odorizy just because they paid him, even though I don't think he should <laughs> be in the rotation. <laughs> like he'll be there. But uh, we'll wait and see. He he. Every every time you think he's done, he finds a way to like go on a four or five start stretch where he's, he's like Kyle Gibson, good enough type thing.
1: And it was it's, so funny because here in Chicago, when uh when the Sox brought back Rodon, they were like Rizi is out there, and I was like, eh, I think Rodon's probably better than Rizi. and I just said that in passing. It looks like I'm right about that right now, but <laughs> <so> far, <laughs> we'll see so what happens the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely.
0: What are you hearing out of Chicago with um you know Michael Kopax that he left for that hamstring injury are they have there been any new reports because all I've seen is just like precautionary for now
1: so he uh he he slipped on the mound and they said hamstring he limped off um under his own, mostly under his own power and then today they put him on the bereavement list so mm-hmm. I don't know um if if uh there's something going on there with that or if they're just trying to buy him a couple of days and not I l him um he's been phenomenal I mean yeah. uh you you can't say anything bad about the White Sox starting pitching so far. I mean, they've been phenomenal. They can't score any runs, of course, and nobody knows what the bullpen rolls are besides Hendricks. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not going to go into a, a, a diatribe on Tony Larusa here because no. uh, I'll kill I've, him.
0: Yeah, I've done I've done it on too many shows already. I I think he's yeah. I, that's I don't need we we don't need to do that. Let's have fun on this podcast. No, he <laughs> is. He is, oh man, something special. Uh, i don't have to go um,
1: take my blood pressure pill if we're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you and I both. It's like, it's it's not pretty what they're doing there. And, and they're still in first place, which is amazing. So, yeah. I, I, the only thing I will say, and I've said it on many shows, not this one, but other ones, I would love just 24 7 cameras in the locker room and hallways and stuff because one of these moments, one of the players will snap on him. They yeah. might not physically like hit him, but there will be some F bombs thrown in his direction because they'll, like between Lynn and Geo and Anderson, there's enough of those guys that are over it with him. And yeah. he'll 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 do one more dumb thing one of these moments, and it'll just go. So his his, his
1: post it. his post game conferences are like enough to put you to sleep. I, it's and the thing that's remarkable to me about it is just that this was a guy who was known for his meticulous preparation before games, right? Known for that was the hallmark of Tony La Russa, right? And he just acts like he just doesn't care. He just he, he just doesn't seem like he's involved at all. I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: really weird. It's like he needed money to pay off like a debt or something, so he's he's managing for a year. It's it's a weird, weird situation. Uh, a couple more little tidbits of news here. Marco Gonzalez will be returning to the Mariners on uh, the 1st, but uh, Mike mentioned a good thing before the show. He's going to be throwing three to four innings, it looks like, to start out. So, Mike, what's your interest in uh, Gonzalez?
1: I, I really only had interest in him as a fifth or a sixth starter for me in most leagues anyway, and right now that interest is pretty low considering that. He's not going to be able to go full bore. Um, you know, he is what he is, right? I mean, he's not hes not going to get you a lot of strikeouts, but he might be able to help you control your ratios a little bit. Uh, and so if you want to use him in that regard, I think have at it. Um, I don't have him anywhere. It's not that I don't like him. It's just I just haven't had him in too many places this year. Um, I, I would sit back and wait and see what develops with that um, before I, I use him at all, I think.
0: Yeah, no, It's he needs to go farther than three or four. He's just... Not going to do the trick for me at this point in time. Um, a couple pieces of news just for the listeners to to pay attention to. Trey Mancini left Thursday night after getting hit in the elbow by a pitch. So keep an eye on that situation. Cody Bellinger should be returning this weekend for the Dodgers. So that should be good for your for your Monday lineup lock situation there. Um, Byron Buck's in another setback. Uh-oh. So you got that going for you. There's so much more news. Like you could literally do a full podcast almost daily on all the news going on out there. But that's for the big boys that do five shows a week. So let's talk about some bullpen stuff. You do bullpen work over there at, um, roto fanatic and very knowledgeable about the bullpen situations. And it seems like they've kind of calmed down a little bit. There's still a lot going on, but like those first few weeks, Mike, like. Your head must have just been full like exorcist spinning, it seemed like
1: I mean it was really bad. I you know my routine essentially is that I work on it during the week a little bit at a time and then uh, really kind of put the finishing touches on Saturday and then go and edit on Sunday morning. And I'd get up on Sunday morning and there were five or six different situations that I hadn't didn't see coming the night before where I had gone to sleep and woke up and all of a sudden you know Josh Bores has a save and you're like, what is going on, right? Uh, you got to go back and figure it out. but it is really remarkable. Um, to see even from last year where we had the short season it was a sprint just to see how people are handling bullpens this year has been a really phenomenal ride to be on for sure
0: yeah it's been crazy so uh, we'll hit on some of these kind of more recent kind of changes there's still still some of the same old head scratchers we have out there but let's start in boston where matt barnes has been absolutely phenomenal this year and it could have been he needed a day off or something but we've seen um Garrett Wicklock be quite productive at times out of the bullpen usually more in long innings but he's got closer like stuff there's been whispers of him being a potential closer at some point in time the other night he got a two-out save and it was mm-hmm. a three-to-one game it wasn't like it was one of those blowouts and he just happened to be in for the saves it was a legit two-out three-to-one I think, ball game type save um is there any interest in a guy like Woodlock or is this kind of just a purely he got the job that night type thing
1: no, I have a lot of interest in him, and and it's it's not necessarily because of his uh, path to saves. Although I think that that is there should something happen to Barnes. Um, I had been talking about I've been bad mouthing Barnes for a while, and so I owe him an apology. Um, he's actually been really good this year, as you pointed out. I, I, Whitlock, I think, has value in a, a lot of daily leagues. I think um, if you're in the ESPN and Yahoo, where you can manipulate your uh, bench a little bit more during the course of the week. Um, in ESPN, I know that Whitlock had uh, SP and RP both delineations, and so a lot of people were using him um, as a relief pitcher in an SP role to try to grab some strikeouts and get to a few more points during the course of the week. And I did that for a couple of weeks and then I, I thought better of it. I got TJ Antone and said, um, which I think has a little, he's got a little bit more path to value. Uh, than Whitlock does. However, Whitlock does have 25 strikeouts in 24 and a third innings. And so I think if something were to happen to Barnes, he could step into that position relatively easily. Uh, and I think he does have a, a path to value there, depending on what your team looks like. Um, if you're thinking about him as a closer, though, I don't think that that's going to happen unless something happens to Barnes or Boston falls out of it and they decide to trade him or something of that nature, uh, neither of which looks like they're going. it's going to happen at this point. So
0: yeah, that was kind of my my first thing. I picked up Whitlock in a couple deeper leagues, probably three weeks ago, when I needed just some like some live bodies in the bullpen, and, and just trying to think maybe Barnes or whatever situation happens. I've since dropped Whitlock because I needed other roster spots to fill. So it's like same here. It, it's tough it's Like the dude's good. Like we just talked about, he's very good, and nothing would shock me if something happened to Barnes. Like Whitlock walks in there, and then I'm sitting there paying 150 bucks trying to get him back type thing when I got him for a dollar before. Sure but um, that's that's fancy baseballs for you it sure um, is but it's just barnes has been very good and part of the other reason like i i've grabbed whitlock and you said it but it's finally going to happen now when the season started we thought the red sox would be garbage barnes would be getting traded all these things right but lo and behold we're almost through two months of the season now and the red sox are at the top of the al east are sitting like there it is right there and it doesn't look like they're slowing down anytime soon unless something crazy happens so Barnes is going to be locked in for a while. It looks like, and that's going to be pretty good for him. But Whitlock, it's interesting. Depends on your format, obviously. But he's going to have value. I like the comment you made with Anton, though, because you know you look for some of these guys, and I've talked about it on shows with Toby and stuff. Is some of these really good relievers? I got no problem grabbing to help you with ratios and strikeouts and all this kind of stuff. But Whitlock, it's like a, it's not a consistent workload. It feels like where Anton, when he comes in, it's like two to three innings of just like dynamite. That's what you're getting. So it's a different type of feel. And, and it'll help your roster out more, like especially in a weekly format, like you said, a daily, whatever. Cool. Weekly, it's a little, a little trickier.
1: Yeah, for sure. No doubt.
0: Um, let's head to Cleveland real quick. This is a fun one because uh, the year started out and everyone was anti-Karenchek, and everyone was like, hey, it's going to be Whitgrin or this guy or that guy. And then Klossé comes back and Klossé takes it over. Well, now Karenchek's getting the saves again. What in the heck is going on here, Mike?
1: So... This is a really interesting situation for me. I feel because at the beginning of the year, a lot of the guys, the guys that wrote a fanatic when we were doing our rankings, a lot of those guys had Karinchek ranked as a a number five, number six closer. And I said, well, wait a minute. You know, what if he's not the closer? What if he? What if he ends up being the stopper? What if he ends up being the guy that Francona likes to use in the middle of the innings to put out the fire? Terry Francona is one of the best managers in the game, in my opinion, one of the best managers maybe ever, and so he really knows what he's doing, and he knows a lot more about bullpen management and, and teamsmanship and stuff like that than what I do, and so I thought, you know, the reason that I thought about Class A so much, Bubble, was this. They traded, you know, Corey Kluber for him, and so they they clearly thought very highly of him, okay, but here's what's really happened. So Karinczyk has six saves. Class A, I think, at last count had eight saves, but karinchek is killing lefties. Lefties are two for fifty against him this year, wow. and four, fourteen and two thirds innings. He has twenty-seven strikeouts against lefty. So fifty at bats, twenty-seven strikeouts. So if if when Fancona is looking at the lineup and seeing what's coming up in the eighth and ninth inning, because he's thinking three steps ahead of everybody else, and he sees that he's got a lefty switch hitter, lefty, he's saving karinchek for the ninth. If it's wow. a stan- if it's a standard save situation. Class a is getting the job, and let's face facts: Class A has not done anything to lose the job. I mean he he's got a, he's got some issues with walks, right? I mean, but he's got a point eight three eight three ERA, twenty one strikeouts and twenty one and two thirds innings. I mean, he does have eleven walks, but he's still. There, I, I think it's going to be a committee situation, you know. And I, and I think what's happened is that because Whitgren and Brian Shaw has been completely rejuvenated, come out of nowhere to be good again. Maybe, maybe Francona is looking at it and saying, huh, I don't have to use Karinchek in the sixth or the seventh because I've got other arms that I can use here. And Cleveland just continues to find pitchers all the time. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. But I think it's going to be a split situation depending on what's happening. Both guys have value in that situation. That's very
0: interesting because I didn't know what, what kind of splits were on there. You'd think Clause would have the lefty situation. Krenczyk wouldn't. <clears throat> but that's, that's the beauty of some of these pitchers with the pitches they use, the pitch mix. It definitely dominates different sides of the plate. So that's interesting. Like you, And then another part is, you know, with Shaw and company can go earlier, so Krenczyk might not have to get the lefties then. He can save them for the ninth. And I agree with take. He is one of the best managers I've ever seen. The guy's yes. and is great. Uh, nothing but good things from people that I know that have played for him. So it's, it's, it's impressive. But, um, yeah, that's interesting because I was wondering, just watching the headlines, like, Krencik's got, like, three saves in the last, like, five games. Where the heck did this come from when it seemed like he was just this guy, like the 7th 8th inning dude, and Klossi's throwing bullets out there. But there you go. This is why Mike is on the show, everybody. He's writing his bullpen report. I did not even pay attention to that part of it. That was very, very interesting there. Um, let's go to Kansas City. It was a few weeks ago. Everyone went and picked up Josh Stalmont, and he was out. I like, got got him a save on the first day. Yeah, got two or three saves that week. Everyone's like, "Yes, best 180 bucks I ever spent." It was beautiful. <laughs> we get close closing situations all year, and now it's like it's quieted down a bit again. Like you still have Scott Barlow there. I don't think Greg Holland's involved anymore, but you never know. So, what are you doing with the Kansas City situation? Is it still Stalmont, or Are you worried it's more of a committee now?
1: Well, you know, I think the biggest problem is Mike Matheny. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) I I, I don't know how much we want to go into that, but I mean, um, his bullpen management over the course of time has left a lot to be desired for many, many people. Um, You know, the the problem in Kansas City, I think, is that, you know, they've got six guys that have saves there. And I I feel like what's happened is that I I do think it's Stumont still. I think it's his job. Uh, I don't think Holland is part of that situation anymore. Uh, I think Zimmer is a guy that they're they've thought highly of and that they're trying to bring along and, and see what he, ha- what he's got. But, you know, Matheny didn't, hasn't used Stumont or or Holland since like last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so something's up there. I don't know if they're a little bit banged up or or what's going on, but Zimmer did get a couple of opportunities. And uh, the last one was a little bit scary, a bit of a tightrope walk, but he did get it done. And so, um, you know, Kansas city is another one that's interesting too, right? Because, they were they started off really well, and then they completely bottomed out. And now they've got you know Mondesi's back healthy, and they're you know I think Dozier's about to come back healthy if he's not already. Um, you know it, they're they're looking like they might be able to compete in a very weak AL Central. However, if they don't, wouldn't it make sense that they'd be looking at a number of different guys in that role that they could potentially use? And would be a no brainer to trade. Uh, Stamont could be a no brainer to trade too, especially if they feel that Zimmer can take that role. Now Zimmer's a guy that's got a high pedigree. He was a, a first round pick about three, four years ago. They'd really like to see him get a job doing something in Kansas city, I would imagine. Um, and so it, it, there's a lot of different possibilities there. I do think it's still Stomont's job until we hear otherwise, but you know, Mike Matheny is always non-committal about, I, I don't ever remember him ever committing to a closer in all the years that he's been a manager. So take it for, take it for what it is.
0: Yeah, I think Stallmont's the guy with the stuff. It's uh well like the next team we talk about too. I like going into the season, I was trying to grab Stallmont and like every D C and best ball I could find because I thought he was the guy and then it started now with Holland there. And then I was thinking, okay, they're gonna use Holland for a bit so they can trade him. Makes sense. Okay, showcase him. Then that ended very quickly. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows what's going on. But uh yeah, it's in the end, it's the Royals and just how many games will they have safe chances for is the question. Good, um, good question. Very fair. Uh the Toronto Blue Jays now uh, it, this has been a revolving door of fun. You have Rafael Delis, and he got hurt. He's come back and been a little rough here at times. You got Tyler Chatwood who looks good, but then he gets a chance, and he gets hit around. Jordan yeah. Romano's look good, picked up the save on Tuesday, and that's the guy I thought going into the season. But in reality, it's kind of a three-headed monster right now. Um, I, I'm still going Romano, but it's every day it seems like it's a new guy getting a chance, Mike.
1: It's so, it's so difficult, right? I mean, you know, earlier in the year uh, when we first started the season, I was really touting Romano as well. I thought it was his job. And then Merryweather got the first two save opportunities and people were spending, you know, a quarter of their fab on Merryweather the first weekend and he hasn't done anything since. Um, I, I, I don't want to invest too highly in this bullpen just because of the fact that Merriweather and Romano both have injury ins- issues in their past. And Delis was there because he was healthy and was able to kind of take that role. Uh, as you said, Chatwood's also been really interesting too. You've got, 24 strikeouts in 19 innings. He's only given up one barrel all year, which is very uh unlike Tyler Chatwood if you saw very him much pitch, so. pitch with the Cubs, um, which I did quite a bit. But um, you know, Chatwood's been really impressive and a revelation in that bullpen. I, I do think Romano is the best arm there, but they sometimes use him in the seventh innings to stop her. Sometimes they use him in the ninth inning, depending on the situation. Um, he's got three Vulture wins and a two one six ERA. To at least, you know, I mean he's in the been the right guy at the right time a few times for them but and he limits hard contact which you like but he's got like a 17 percent walk ratio and I, I just can't live with that and so uh I, you know to me it's either Romano or don't touch it um, at this point
0: I'm with you and like I it was tough to deal but we've talked about the injury situations think you'd make some ads and drops that you're not comfortable with I've dropped the lease in a couple of leagues over the last few weeks it's just been yeah. a headache I didn't want to deal with um Like, I liked him when Romano was out, but now it's just, you know, I'm a Romano believer and there's a revolving door. So, very much a headache, to say the least. Uh, (laughs) For sure. The Seattle Mariners, you have um, Kendall Grayman on the IL. I still, did they ever actually say what he's on the IL with? I never even really saw what the heck it was. But um, they have a very long entry list here. No, he's still not on their main IL. He's just sitting down there somewhere. There he is. Yeah, undisclosed still to this moment. So we don't know what Kendall Graven has, assuming it's COVID. COVID, probably. Only, yeah. That's yeah, the only thing I can assume it is. They have not said a word. The weird thing is, though, they didn't say it was a COVID IL. So yeah. No, usually, they didn't. That's right. Usually you get that at least, and you just kind of guess, is it the vaccine? Is this, that, whatever. We don't sure. know. Sure. So he's just undisclosed IL. So he's out, and he was doing very, very good. Uh, But now you got Kenyon Middleton, the like, rejuvenation from the old Anaheim angel, Kenyon yeah, Middleton. Yeah. Um, Rafael Montero's getting a second chance on life, and it looked like he never should touch a second chance again. What are you doing? Because right now we really don't know when Graveman's coming back. It could be tomorrow. It could be two weeks from now. So there's going to be save chances.
1: Well, for sure, you know. And here's the thing: you got to. I got to shout out Rob D. Pietro because uh, he was a Graveman truther in the wintertime when we did a podcast. It was like four hours long in the middle of winter, and he kept talking about this guy. I was like are you drunk? Like, what are you talking about? You know, he was right. He's right. Great. Uh, Graveman's been really good. And and actually going back to last year's all-star break, uh, well, not all-star break, but what, have, what would have been the all-star break um, second half of the season, he's been very good. Um, I-, I can't do the Montero thing. I I tried that for a while last year. I just, I'm not going to do that again. Um, Middleton is an interesting guy, right? I mean, this was a, a guy in LA who had high pedigree, uh, this is a guy that they had thought of as a closer for a long time. Um, and then he's had a, a really checkered injury history. And then when they got him back, they didn't seem to know what to do with him two and three years ago. Now he's a free agent. He goes to Seattle and all of a sudden he's got new life. Um, I think he's the stopgap guy there over Montero for me. And um, he's actually been, he's actually been pretty good. He's got a, a he seems to be holding the zone. I mean, um I'm not really sure what his strikeout numbers have been. I I don't know that they've been great, but um, he's getting the job done. And so if you're desperate for saves, aren't we all, you know, maybe a low bid on him right now might, if he's on your waiver wire, might get you a couple of saves while we're waiting to find out what's going on with Graveman.
0: Yeah. The Middleton, he's, he's pretty much doing what he always does. You know, 21.6% K rate, not bad. Walking almost fourteen percent, so it's just uh. it's the kenyan Middleton story we like. But I'm with you. If I have to pick one, it's Middleton because the is there. I remember, I remember rostering him when he was an angel, hoping. Oh he'd, yeah, he'd be the next big thing because he showed life there, and then he got hurt and it kind of disappeared. But I, I just, just tell us what's going on with Graven. So at least I have a timetable. It's all I want. But right. We live in this era where everyone wants to be Joe Girardi now and not report the real truth. So yeah, right.
1: A, it's a competitive oh advantage.
0: Yeah, it's a competitive advantage, <laughs> I guess. Something like that. Oh, God. Um all right, Cincinnati Reds. This one this started preseason and it's still going on. TJ Anton has entered the chat, yes, but I still think he's more of a more of a fireman type, like mm-hmm. hater type. Maybe we'll see. Doolittle's there. I personally am not a doolittle closer guy. Maybe you could prove me wrong. I've always loved Lucas Sims. He picked up another save on Tuesday, so he's got a couple saves this week now. Yeah. Amir Garrett's had a few chances, but he's kind of scuffled at times. What are you doing with the Cincinnati bullpen? So,
1: <laughs> so long story short, in the in the preseason when I was getting ready to do drafts, I had this idea in my mind. I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get a, a, a top-tier, like a, a Hendricks-type of closer or a Hader-type of closer, and then I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to double-tap on, like, Rodgers in Kalamazoo, in Minnesota, or Sims and Garrett in, in uh, Cincinnati. And I'll let you guess how well that's worked out for me. Um, I understand and that for it's you. It's been terrible, right? So, But I will tell you this. Of all those guys, I've kept Sims mm-hmm. because I think at the end of the day, it's going to be his job. This guy mm-hmm. is too good to be this bad, right? The, if you look at his st- – I know people talk about stat cast data all the time, but his is blood red. This is a guy who's in the 100th percentile for curveball spin, 97th percentile for fastball spin, right? And if you, if you take a deeper dive into him, which I have to do as part of my job, right? You know, mm-hmm. Antone is a very, a very valuable guy. as a multi-ending weapon, as you said. Amir an is an enigma with an anger problem. Right, I mean, I just don't think he's ever going to get it. Right, any, any man
0: that wants to take on another team's dugout by himself,
1: he's just something's just going on. Some, yeah, he he probably needs to be medicated. Right, so yeah. okay, so you, as you said, Sims got the one out save earlier in the week, and I think the time is coming. So Sims's ERA is six point three five right now, which is ghastly. I think Jack Carter's ERA is less than that right now, but, but <laughs> hey, he looks ex- good
0: on the mound from what I've seen. Though, I'll so. tell
1: you what, he's been throwing strikes. I'll think I'll give him that. So his walk percentage is not seventeen. I can 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 guarantee you that (laughs) uh but sims's xera is 311 and and once he gets the walk percentage under control he's that's almost 15 um he limits hard contact i mean i just really think that this is going to be the guy and then if you do the same thing and do the same exercise and look at garrett right okay garrett he throws hard blah 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 7.23 era xera 6.43 what does that tell you you know, he he's pitching like crap, right? So 15 strikeouts are nice, two saves are nice, but he got a chance on Tuesday, he gives up a home run, you know. Um, I, I just I just think it's been an ugly year for him, and I'm holding on to Sims hoping that he's going to be the one who takes the job. They so got another guy, he's an Atlanta guy, first round pick. The t- everything is there for him to be able to do it. He's gotta stop, he gotta stop walking, guys. That's really hurting him.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I've I I like the stuff Garrett has. <laughs> It just seems there's a lot going on between the ears right now that needs to get fixed before he's going to be able to lock into a closer. It takes a special breed to be a closer. That's for sure. And he um, might like, be
1: he might be able to get there with a mood stabilizer. And now I sound like I'm do now I sound like I'm at work. That's what I do yeah. all day, right? But
0: uh, yep. you need to get him some C B D gummies or something. Like, so <laughs> go out there, kid. It's legal almost everywhere now, so just go out there and have some fun. He's not it's not trust me, it's not performance enhancing. That's no, it is not. No. So <laughs> go go get him some of those and enjoy because he he seems like a great guy. He's just it's like he's got that adrenaline pump, and he's out there, and just it's hard. He's like the Yasiel Puig of pitching, it feels like.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good comp for him, like I think. Great
0: players seem like really good people. It's just when they get between the lines, it's like something's upstairs just not firing right at the same time, which stinks. But I'm with you on Lucas Sims. I was all aboard Lucas Sims. I've also not dropped him in many leagues. I have him, even though every Saturday or Sunday when I'm doing fab of. He's like on my list of man, should I really do it this week? Should I? Yeah. And he doesn't. He doesn't, it doesn't happen, but I've been very close a few times just because I need the space. But I'm hoping he gets it. And this week's made me feel better. Sadly, he's on the bench in most of my leagues this week. Right. So that's right. fun as he's finally getting saves. But that's the world we live in this year. Um, couple more teams to talk about here, real quick. Uh Colorado. This one's intriguing to me because Daniel Bard has had the job. I wasn't buying into it going into the year, like awesome story, all that good stuff. But Carlos Estevez has come back, and he's picked up a couple saves since he's come back. Is there anything worth buying into with Carlos Estevez, or is this the Colorado thing?
1: Well, you know, I he, there's some interest there for me. I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on Bard. I mean, great story, uh, but he's 35, and this could go south at any time, and it looks like it really is. I mean, a 5 ERA, 183 whip, 5 saves, nice strikeouts, but he just doesn't get a lot of opportunity. And I think that's the issue that I have mostly with Colorado is, whoever ends up becoming the closer is not going to have a heck of a lot of opportunity because they're not going to win a heck of a lot of games. It doesn't look like Um, they tried to use Estevez a couple of times last year in that role with some mixed results. And uh, in typical Colorado fashion, they seem lukewarm on trying to solve any type of problems long-term. But Estevez to your point, he's got a 2.92 ERA, 1.14 whip and two saves, 13 strikeouts and 12 and two thirds innings. He's a big guy. Um, I, I, they have nothing to lose by allowing him to be able to try to take the job from Daniel Bard. And, you know, and, and and unless the whole thing again is, let's see if Bard can shave a run or two off of that ERA and they can move him at the deadline to try to get something for him. But who's going to want that? I mean, I just can't see, even if he gets traded, he's not going to be a closer anywhere. He's going to be a setup guy, but he doesn't even look like he's got that in him anymore. But Estevez would be an interesting guy. You know, they've got Michael Givens too, but – Uh, They don't seem to be too keen on using him either. Speaking of Givens, Carmercano asks, Hey, Doc, any
0: chance my Givens shares in Colorado are worth more than a bucket of old baseballs? I'd
1: I'd keep the baseballs.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I like the Estevez thing, though. It's like you said, last year we saw them try it. The pedigree's there. At least he's like, Bard's a good story. He just doesn't look over. I feel there's certain things I watch and pitch, and I could probably have a chance to put the ball in play at times. He's not overwhelming by any means. No, not anymore. Yeah, so I, I, th- I think honestly, and I usually avoid all Colorado pitchers like the plague, I might throw a couple shekels on Estevez this week and see if he falls my way just because I think he's going to have some more chances as stuff comes on compared to some other situations we talked about. He feels like there's a shift in play here in Colorado. Um, a couple teams I didn't have on the outline, but we'll just fire them off real quick. Uh, Simon asked a question. Thoughts on Tepera in Chicago? I know Kimbrell's the guy. He's got 11 yeah. saves, but Kimbrell could get traded, and I think Tapera got a save on Tuesday. So uh, something to think about there.
1: Yeah, no, I, I you know, Tapera, he also got an MVP vote last year, if you recall, yes, remember? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Simon, you're on to you're onto it right there, bud. Um, no, I, I think, you know, if you're in a league, um, that has holds to definitely has value for you there. Um, you know, Chafin is there is the leader for holds on the Cubs right now. Um, I don't know how well owned he is, but, uh, to would definitely be a guy that if something happened to Kimbrough might get an opportunity there. They do. They also have Rex brothers, which always kind of gives me pause too, because he has some experience with closing, although not well, uh, he's got some experience having done it, the job before, but yeah, I, I like to as a guy, especially if, you, if you're in a league that has, uh, it has holds as a category. And and Kimbrell's been actually very good. I mean, if the Cubs fall, people in Chicago are all drinking the Kool-Aid and think that the Cubs are going back to the World Series. And I got news for you, they're not. So um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they moved Kimbrell um, for something at the deadline and Cubs fans are wringing their hands like crazy people over here.
0: How fun would it be if the Yankees go, hey, Cubs, send me Chris Bryant and Kyle Hendricks because I need a starting pitcher and I'll put Bryant at first base for the rest of the year and um they'll give them whatever they want basically we've seen them do trades before with chapman and torres and stuff oh yeah I just, yeah that's one of those ones where like when you think about they want if they need to fill two things and the cubs have assets to deliver they do they absolutely so, do
1: yeah
0: just thinking about that out loud could be very interesting and that cubs ownership does not care right now no so. they do not they do not <laughs> they can blow it up at a moment's notice um You mentioned Ryan Presley for Houston having the neck issue. Apparently, he's got the same pillows I use. I don't know. But um, if you had to say it's worse than a one- or two-day thing, it really only should be a one- or two-day thing, hopefully. Say it is more than a one- or two-day thing. Do you go with Abreu or do you go with Stanek?
1: Oh, that's a a good question. Personally, I think uh, Abreu's probably got more talent. You know than than Stanek, although Stanek does have some experience having done the job, right? So um, I would I would probably lean a Bray. You, I, I think he would be the guy that would get the uh, the chances uh, if something were to happen to Presley longer
0: term. <laughs> All right, uh, the Yankees, just for those wondering, Chapman has apparently missed the last two appearances because of an illness. He should be back Friday, Saturday at the latest, they're saying. Chad Green got the saves there, so let's keep that in mind. I wouldn't panic just yet, but maybe Sunday. Put a dollar on Chad Green, see what happens. Um, Minnesota, last one here. You made the comment about the Minnesota situation before, and it's just gotten more and more fun as the season's gone on. You have Taylor Rogers. You have Hansel Robles now. You have yeah. May. It feels like Robles is the guy, um, but Baldelli likes to use rolls a lot, and nothing's the same. If you had to have one guy on your roster, like, we, like you have Sims for Cincinnati, who's your guy for Minnesota?
1: It's still Rogers for me. Okay, I it, it's a tough it's a tough call for me. I mean I, I I do like Taylor Rogers probably more than a lot of other people in our industry do, uh, simply because I think he really has the ability to be able to do the job. Um, a only throws one pitch and I don't see that really kind of changing or or coming back for him Robles has done a really admirable job filling in there but I don't know that he's a long-term answer either and Tyler Duffy got a save uh, in the last seven days as well it's just so hard to say what's going to happen there I mean I, I I always feel like Minnesota is always yanking Rogers around and they should just let give him a chance to do the job I I really think that he would do well with it if they would just leave him alone um, but that's Rocco Baldelli, and that's not going to happen. So,
0: Yeah, it's a messy situation there. Uh, let's have some fun with this. Let's give some listener questions here because we got a lot of intriguing ones, so uh, it's going <laughs> to be fun. Not all baseball-related, but um, I'm fine with that, totally fine with that. Um, we'll kick it off with our buddy Yancey Eaton. What's the good doctor's summer plans? Is he going to have a hot mic summer?
1: <laughs> well... I'm I'm off this week, and then I go back to the office next week, start summer school uh, the second week of June, and I teach uh, history of rock and roll class in the summertime for my students, which is a really fun time for me. So I'll do nice. that through the end of, middle of July, and then hopefully take the week off uh, end of July with the family and go up to Michigan for a week or 10 days, and then we start it all up again the first week of August.
0: It never ends, man. never ends. Um, Todd Whitestone at Telestar 7 asked this goes with your summer school teaching plan, Hey Mike, didn't did you didn't you start in that school, school of rock movie? Just checking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I you know, it's funny. I I I'm built sort of like Jack Jack Black, right? Like kind of short and stout, kind of well, I guess I'm fat now after covid. <laughs> but uh yeah, that that's a great movie. Uh unfortunately, one of the guys that was in that movie was just killed in a bike accident here oh, really? in Chicago last night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Did Strange. not know that. Strange note, <laughs> yeah, strange
0: note. But that's it's great movie, great movie. Sure that, is. Uh, well, um, Michael Simeon talked about him earlier, and this this question got a lot of feedback in some weird ways, like some very strong opinions from people. So I can't wait to discuss this one: ketchup or mustard on a hot dog?
1: It's mustard, um, and and. It, If you're a true Chicagoan, you do not put ketchup on a hot dog. This is Mm -hmm. a well-known fact. Now, I told Michael that I was going to answer this question in more depth because he asked it on Twitter, and I'm such a noob, I didn't realize that it was supposed to be for the show. (laughs) But Chicago-style hot dogs are the way to go. And if you're going to do a Chicago-style hot hot dog, it's got to be yellow mustard. It's got to be sweet the sweet pickle relish. It's got to be onion tomato wedges not tomato pieces wedges and pickle spear if you like pickles which i don't really care for i give them to my son sport peppers Ooh, yeah. and celery and celery salt that's celery the key salt, celery salt. salt is the key so now Simeon knows Simeon knows put that in your smoker michael
0: Yes, I, I'm. I'm loving what he's doing there with the smoker. By the way, we we message a lot about that because I am That's a fantastic. fan of uh, of barbecuing and smoking meats as well. So it's a uh, good stuff there. He's just branching out, I tell you. But um, this is where we're going to have a fun discussion because I saw all the controversy on the Twitter. And Simeon's a ketchup guy. He's a ketchup and
1: mustard guy, I believe. He said, "Was he? Five? He's like a five. He's like a five year old kid.
0: Well, if you think he's a five year old, I'm a ketchup only guy." So, yeah, oh. this is where it's going to get fun. That's why I said, like, I, I, I was watching the back and forth. Going, I'm just going to save this for the podcast. <laughs> um, I've, I, I've learned as I've grown up to like mustard. I hated it as a kid. Hated it. Couldn't eat it. And um, was, I've learned, to like, a lot more things as I grew up. Probably for the detriment of me because I just get bigger that way. But <laughs> um, I've learned to appreciate mustard. The thing with me, like a hot dog, I just like ketchup. If you give me, like, a bratwurst or out where we're at we have like these swiss sausages and stuff you can put mustard on that all day long i'm good but i'm a ketchup lover like the way people like ranch dressing i like ketchup like i won't put it on I i won't put it on pizza and stuff sure i get it like i'm not that kind of freak but uh i'm a big time ketchup guy and i get it a lot from people when i put it on a hot dog they're like what are you doing and it's just (laughs) it's it's what i do it's how i've always done it and um I, I'm not as hardcore as I used to be. Let's put it that way. Like I will, like I said, I will mustard on certain ones. But you give me like a regular, like a, a ballpark kind of measly little hot dog type deal. Mm-hmm. It's getting ketchup, and that's what we're getting now. If you want to go chili cheese
1: dog, now we're talking business. So, yeah. like we can have some fun with that. But I did, I did not get fed on accident. I can. Yeah. I always say that to people. You come to Chicago, I'll take you to the Guaranteed Rate Field. Okay. We'll we'll avoid all the gangs and people that want to beat us up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And I will get you. You can get one hot dog and you put ketchup on it, and then you do the other hot dog my way. Deal. I'll buy.
0: Sounds sounds like a plan. We will do okay. that. The only the only thing I'll say is like do not eat onions. So if I can do everything without the onions,
1: I'm in. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. We'll we'll make it work. We'll make it work. I'll do
0: everything else. Trust me. I got. I'm slowly eating more and more things. But that's one of those even, like even I,
1: grilled onions. No, if they're
0: grilled, I'm in. I can't the crunchy. Okay. I can't do. I can't okay. do crunchy.
1: No, so that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna do one your way, and then we'll we'll maybe we'll podcast it from the stadium. Oh, I'm all
0: game. I'm game. Let's do it.
1: We'll get one, and then you get one of the ballpark ones at G Rate with mustard and grilled onions. It's like heaven.
0: I'm in. Let's do it. Like that's it's so funny you mentioned that the podcasting part because you know just laughing out loud, dumb visions of my future podcast. It'll probably be like thirty thousand episodes from now. So who knows if I'm even doing it? But once I retire, the um the idea is like get an RV for a while and just go tour to baseball stadiums. Cause I can't do it with my job right now. And I wanted to do like a food diary like all the ballpark foods. And I think it'd be so much fun because like you said, I didn't get this size by just like staring at food.
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm I, intimately engaged, man. Yes. I'm in. I am yeah.
0: I, I, I try things. I eat things. I enjoy things. So it's like, um, it's like Tyrion Lannister. I drink and I know things. I eat and I know things. So um, I, I'm really looking forward to uh, to doing that someday. We'll, we'll see if there's a podcast that long in my life. But uh, it's it's definitely fun.
1: That would be awesome.
0: All right. Uh, David Mendelson, one of the great guys from Triple Play Fantasy. Lots of awesome stuff. Like If you guys aren't following them, they they got their YouTube channel. They were tweeting stuff out. Go check out all their goodies there. But um, this is good. good. See, these guys bring questions that are not just fantasy. Talk to your past self or future self.
1: Oh, God. Can I choose neither? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, probably, I would say when I was younger, probably my past self more. And now as I've gotten older... You know, I'm in my middle forties now, right? So, as I get closer to that that mythical, you know, fifth well, there's nothing mythical about fifty, but that fifty age where now my kids are a little bit older and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, I I start thinking about the future more. Like, hey, you know. Would be really cool to like retire to Michigan and live up there for part of the year and then go down to Florida and like, get season tickets and go to the Rays games and yep. harass, harass Yancy in person. You know One what of I mean? The like people there would be great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I guess probably now I talk more to my future self than my past self. Interesting question, David.
0: No, it's a very deep question because I'm kind of with you. When you're young, you kind of think, oh, I wish I would have told myself this like five years ago or something. But then as you get older, I'm in my late 30s, and I'm with you. Like, I've already told the wife, you know, when we retire, I want to move to like Scottsdale area because I like, can golf. We've got all the sports there, spring trainings there, yeah, whatever I want. It's all yep. right there. Like I love the Midwest. Like re- Like I have great friends in Wisconsin – I say I can live there like eight months a year. Yeah. Once the snow comes, I just I can't. I can visit snow. I can't live in snow.
1: Yeah, I can't do winter. I can't do many more winters here, man. I just can't. I just can't do it. Yeah, that's my biggest. It's brutal.
0: Biggest thing. Like I love it there. It's beautiful in the Midwest. So much great stuff out there. But once that's, I, I said, I finally realized, as with my age, I understand the snow, like the snow, um not bunnies the um oh, is totally blanked the people that always come to Arizona for the winter and then go back snowbirds the snowbirds I understand yeah snowbirds yep. now totally yep. get it i always thought they were annoying as hell i get it now so no. um, yeah.
1: yeah, my mother-in-law doesn't even own a shovel anymore. She's in Florida <laughs> from like the first week of January till like the second week of April. And she comes back and she's happy and really yeah. excited. And I'm like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, It must be nice. Um, a couple more questions here. Baseball related questions. Uh, Whole camels at daily underscore. Phil says Wander Franco or jazz Chisholm for the next three years. Ooh. That was a good one. I, I, I thought hard about this one.
1: My knee jerk is to go with jazz Yep. because I, I, well, first of all, I saw him play in Kane County, like 10 Kane County's uh, single a team uh, for the diamondbacks and saw him play and his talent. He, he didn't hit when he was here, but you could just see that it was going to happen. You know, just mm-hmm. the ability, his hands were just surreal. I like him better than wander at this point. The speed, yeah. the speed, I think is the seal the seals the deal for me.
0: This question was very tough for me because on paper, You look at all the pedigrees. It like Well, doesn't scream because they're both very good. But it kind of makes me want to lean Wander Franco. But the thing is, is we've seen Jazz Chisholm in the bigs. We have not seen Wander Franco. So if we take it now, does this year count as year one? Because we might not see him until September. And then he's got to get his feet wet maybe next year, and that could be a slow go. There's a lot of question marks involved there. I think long term, like if you said the next 10 years, I'd probably go Franco.
1: Yeah, I would think I would too.
0: But like, if you're just going for the next couple of years, like you want to contend now, I think Jazz. Like we know what we're getting with Jazz. Obviously, he needs to stay healthy. These hamstring injuries and stuff are just ridiculous. But the dude is a force, and he's and he's just so much fun to like. Like if you just rostering him, is is a blast. So that's pretty. Well, good I mean, stuff look, look
1: at what he's do- look what he's done in a month of of just being in the major leagues already. I mean, yeah, you're talking about a guy that's gonna you know with health easily get double digit home runs and steals, right? Easily. You Which know, is a,
0: it's a big, big thing for sure. Of course. So, uh, it's interesting. Um, Simon actually had a Twitter question for us too. Uh, he's a, he's a big listener to the show. Great guy. Um, he's got a Marlins prospect question and I'm not the biggest prospect guy. I love prospects. I used to do them a lot more Then I took on other content that kind of sure. took away from that. But he says thoughts on Luis Diaz, who is up Edward Cabrera and Eliezer Hernandez. I know Hernandez from pitching in the past. We've seen Diaz from time to time. Uh, any thoughts on those three Marlins prospects by
1: chance? I like Hernandez, and I, you know, last year when I was doing a lot of the podcasting with the SP Screamer on the bump stuff, I championed him a lot, and I think all he really needs is an opportunity. And is he going to get that there this year? We don't know, Um, but I think if with given an an opportunity, he's a solid number three starter.
0: Yeah, I, I, I there was definitely signs of really good stuff last year. I'm with you there, so be curious when he gets his chance this year, he's going to get it eventually. So that'd be one. Like I know Simon asks a lot of questions cause he's in a lot of NL only leagues. So it's always, ah, NL based questions like gotcha. that. And LA Acer is a guy that it's tough to roster in the moment. Yes. But if he gets the chance, I would definitely roster him That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, the other guys I'm not sold on just yet, but you know, Anderson's out. Cooper's hurt. They're just, and Chisholm's still out. They're reeling from injuries and in NL only leagues. You want live bodies. So yeah, if you need to roll the dice, go for it. But I'm with you on Eliezer. We've seen him. Like There was a point last year where it was you know, Eliezer, Alcantara, Lopez, and they were all in the conversation together. And now yeah. it's just like Alcantara and Lopez, and Eliezer is kind of hanging out in the minors. It's, it was weird how it all played out, kind of. So I'm with you on that one. All for right. Sure. I think this is the last question we have. There's more people coming to the chat here. Carmar uh, <laughs> Marcano, our buddy once again. What does it feel like to be the Jack's <sighs> father? Oh my gosh. And for those who don't know, Jack is his son who uh, Mike does awesome stuff. Like he's always doing stuff with them playing like doing Little League stuff or they're watching games and and we get to see it on Twitter and you can see the fun in it. And Jack's like, he's a fun, a fun kid. So uh, what's it like being the Jack's father?
1: It's uh, it's never dull. I can tell you that. So my, my kids are awesome. My, my daughter is going, just is uh, graduated from eighth grade today and is getting ready for high school next year. And uh, she's a real big history buff. She plays the violin. She's a really cool kid. Um, and Jack is uh, really into baseball. This is the year that uh, my wife told me, she said, you you will eventually brainwash him to be like you when it comes to the baseball stuff. Um, and he's been pitching for our team this year and doing a really nice job. He, uh, he takes the ball. He uh, he's not afraid. He challenges guys, and uh, if he gives up a hit, he's just like, yeah, whatever. Um, okay. I just tell him, try to avoid the walks. So, you know, those always end up coming back to haunt you about forty four percent of the time. He's like, what are you talking about? Uh, but um, yeah, he's he's a really he's a great kid too. He's a, he's high energy, high volume. Um, he's a good dude, though. I really like him a lot. Yeah, I can
0: see a lot of your guys' pictures. He just has that it's funny you mention. he looks like he's got the attitude of just like whatever, but also like, he's just having fun. He's always got a smile. He's like intrigued with what he's doing. Um, it seems like a, a, a fun, cool kid. Yeah. So, he's, uh, he's
1: having fun with the baseball this year. He asked me the other day, we, we, um, we go to the high school games quite a bit over here. And he said that pitchers don't have to hit, huh? He goes, that could be my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, funny. Yeah. That's we're funny. having, we're having a good time. We've got a lot of his buddies on the team this year. And so it's been, uh, a lot of fun but we we have a good time most of the time so that's
0: great that's great to hear well we're gonna wrap it up on that note mike this has been an absolute awesome time i've really really enjoyed chatting with you um i'm looking forward to doing it again sometime that would but- be great before we take off, again, remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter, your content, all that good stuff.
1: Sure, so um, again, it was a pleasure to be on with you, Bubba. It's just like, a honestly, kind of like a dream come true for me to be on with you. I've been listening to your show for a really long time and been a huge fan, so to be able to be on it is really cool for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm at MDRC0508, the most ridiculous Twitter handle of all time. I am not a doctor despite what some of these people are saying. Uh, I'm a school principal at a therapeutic day school for kids that have social and emotional disorders. And I work for about four different websites right now. I'm working at um, SP Streamer. I work at Rotofanatic and I work, do a piece for fan tracks once a week. And I also work for another website that's not fantasy related called 9any know-it-all. So I got enough to keep me busy. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I I really would like to say thanks to all the people who read what I put out and have been so supportive. I mean, a year ago at this time, um, I had no idea what was going on and I was just kind of trying to get along for the ride. And I've met so many great people through this. Uh, it has been an absolute blast. I can't believe how welcoming everybody's been. It's been awesome.
0: Yeah, well, you do you do great work. Like I said, I'm not just, you know, trying to fluff you up because you're on the show. You really do. And um, it's just, it's a testament to like we've told people, I've been on other shows, they've asked things that if you want to be in the deal, just start wherever you can. Don't say no it's a very friendly community it really is like there's always bumps on the logs in anything you do but all in all it's a really really good place to be and you're living proof like you said a, a year ago you were just kind of hanging out and now look at you now white writing everywhere podcast and having all kinds of fun so um i appreciate you joining me and i look forward to what's next and i seriously look forward to chatting with you again on the show
1: thanks bubba for having me i really appreciate that
0: no problem everybody. this is bench with bubba episode 374 catch y'all later